Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we discuss, educate and talk about industry news and hot topics, company reviews and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International. With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome again to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining podcast. And today um, I've got a um, guest, Rikus Grimbeek, who's the president and CEO of Trevally Mining Corporation, who are a base metals company with four mines in Peru, Canada, Nibia and Burkina Faso. Um, Rikus is an experienced mining executive with nearly 30 years experience in the resources sector, working in Australia, South Africa and Canada um, during his career. Um, I'm going to let him cover his career in more detail and obviously tell us about Trevelli Mining Corporation during the course of this podcast. Um, Rikers is going to be speaking at the upcoming Mines and Money Conference from the 25th to the 27th of November. And as Dig Deep, the mining podcast is a partner to this event, then as a subscriber, you can take advantage of 25% uh, discount by using the code DIG25, which is DIG in big letters, 25 at the checkout when you purchase your ticket. Um, the Mines and Money London is the world's largest mining and investment show, bringing together over 2,000 mining and investment professionals. With ever more fertility in the markets, Mines Money London is looking at a record, record year's attendance, um, evidenced by the headline attendees come speakers, including Robert Friedland and BlackRock's Evie Hampo. So if you're interested in attending this year's event, with over 150 exhibiting mining companies, 600 plus investors, leading tech contributors and expert facilitators, then take advantage of 25% discount by using the code DIG25 at checkout. Full details will be um, accompanying this podcast in the show notes, so have a look. So that's getting to this podcast, and I want to want to welcome Rikas. How are you doing, Rikas? I'm doing perfectly well, thanks, Rob. That's good to hear. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to do this uh, podcast. Um, first of all, I just want to for you to um, tell the audience a little bit about your background and your career from from when you graduated um, all of those years ago um, up to sort of present day. Um, and then I've got a few questions that I want to um, obviously ask you around around the company. Um, and yeah, if you can tell the audience maybe some things that they may not know about you as well. So um, yeah, I'll um, hand it over to you and uh, yeah, tell us um, from when you sort of graduated and how your career's developed. Thanks, Rob. And um, you know, thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk to you and also for your interest in Trevali. Um, yeah, you make me feel like I'm a bit old um, <laughs> years ago, um, but you know, yeah, I, I um, actually started off in a coal mines as a as a miner. Um, and then studied mining engineering um, in, in South Africa. Um, I worked in coal mines. I worked in the gold mines. Um, I worked in platinum. I worked in diamond mines. Um, I worked in manganese mines, bauxite. I ran alumina refineries, 
um, smelters, aluminium smelters. So yeah, I've, I've been around the block a bit. I've um, actually also spent quite a, a few years in corporate functions. You know, I, I used to run um, the health, safety, environment, community, and sustainability function for BH Mobilitan um, worldwide for yep. about three years. That was a fascinating experience. You know, going from operations into function was um, it was quite humbling, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then secondly, I, I learned a lot about the industry and also dealing with governments um, and dealing with very complex issues like climate change and, yeah. and how the industry can play a different role in um, in climate change. Um, I am, you know, from a very young age, I've been very passionate about sustainability and about communities. Um, and also because I worked as a miner, I think I've got uh, a very uh, deep, not, um, feeling towards and also a, a care for people, um, especially around safety and, and health, because you know we um, we as an industry, you know, in a lot of cases, don't have a good reputation when it comes to um, sustainability and, and things like safety. Um, and my view is that you know we a company should guarantee the safety and the health of the employees um, and the community in which they operate. Um, it's a it's a bit of a different view on on safety because you know safety is in my view not a priority because priorities shift. Um, you know it's really important that we we think about how we design um, and execute work so that we can guarantee that no one's going to get hurt. Um, and and on the health side as well because you know health exposures are things that um, have you know long dated impacts. Um, a lot of times we focus very very heavily on the short term impacts of safety, but forget about the long term impacts of dust exposure and noise ex ex exposure and so on. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, you know I've, I've I've worked in some very um, um, interesting communities uh, in the past. I, I'm passionate about uh, creating long term sustainable outcomes for communities in which we operate. Um, and you know that's also partially why I'm so excited to be part of um, the Trevali company. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've been chief operating officer of of a company for many years, um, and I always wanted to to be able to run a business where we can demonstrate um, the things that I deeply believe in, and Trevali just gave me that opportunity. Yeah, and um, just uh, going back from uh, you obviously mentioning you moved from obviously from operations into corporate. How did you find that transition period, and what, yeah, and what challenges did you uh, did you face? You know, it's a. I think if if you want to be a, um, you know, as, as career advice for for young up and coming um, mining executives, I would I would absolutely uh, you know support and 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 encourage you to do that. You know the. Yeah from operations where you the focus is a lot of day-to-day -day, um not short term um you know sometimes you you know you once once or twice a year you you start to look at the the five-year plan you know but it's it, it's a lot more operational it's a lot to do with you know, sorting out problems when you step into a, a a function that looks after um you know long dated problems like climate change you've and, and also starting, you know, the a totally different relationship with um, with influencing operations to do things. You know, so when you operate, you've you've got a lot more direct control on how people um, should be executing. But when when you're in a function, you you've got to you've got to influence people and convince people that they need to do something a certain way. And that's a that's a skill set that you have to learn. Um, because when when you want to deal with governments and communities, you know you, you can't tell them what to do. You've got to 
be really good at listening and looking for those um, those things that um, that are similar and that way where you can co-create um, futures and you can co-create outcomes. So you know I think that step into a, a functional role is a is a very essential part for rounding out any any mining executive and maybe even in other industries as well. I think it's it, it'd be very re- relevant there. Yeah. What, what what would you I mean would you what would you suggest someone that is has that as a career path so they could be on they could be inside they could be a mine engineer they could be obviously maybe higher up in the uh, organizational chart on a on site is there anything you you would suggest that they may do some extra learning or some extra extra education extra courses etc do you think that's necessary and what courses should they study? Or, or what other advice could you give them to help them achieve moving from site into a corporate function and work their way up to like a CEO like yourself? Yeah, I think um, you know we, the one the one piece of advice I would give is not to do it too early in your career. Um, you know, don't don't try and get out of the operational environment. Um, sooner rather than later, you know, make sure that you really understand and you've you've, you've operated um, and and long enough so that you understand how operations work um, before you jump to a, a corporate center. Because you know it, it's it's quite interesting because logistically, what happens is you know you go most of our operations normally sit in quite remote areas, um, and then you move a family over to a city. It's very hard to move families back to the remote areas once yeah. once been exposed to a city. So. You know, it might sound a bit weird, but you know, don't do that too early. Don't don't do that jump too early. But also, don't wait until the end. You know, I think there's it's really important to um, to do it when you are still willing and able and, and excited to learn new things. Because my goodness, you have to learn new things when you you step into those those functions. The the other one is that you know, I I would you know, thinking back to what I did, I spend I'd say the first six or seven months in day and night studying um, what climate change really is about. Um, you know, I because I, I went from diamond mine and that had something to do with, with carbon because, you know, diamonds are carbon, but, you yeah. know, knew nothing about climate change and the effects of carbon dioxide. And and then you, but you, you've, you've got to go and study that. So, you know, I, I went and, and spent lots of time with the, the world's best experts on on climate change and and um, and also spend a lot of time looking at both sides of it. You know, there's it, it's not just about you know the the, the one ele- the one um, side of the impact, but understand both sides of the story. Um, so yeah, if if I absolutely got to do that, it depends on your your background. You know, I, I was uh, when I stepped into the the HEC function, I also previously did um, additional um, studies in rock engineering and mine ventilation. So I had. You know, some occupational health um, exposure, although you know, albeit a bit um, light on to to run a function, but at least it gave me some something to to build on. And and I, again, same thing. I just um, immersed myself um, for the first year or so um, to to get deep knowledge of the different um, different disciplines. Without and and then it's also really important to to get that you will never be a, a, an expert in, for example, occupational hygiene. Um, unless you that's what you've studied and you've worked in, in that field for many years. So yeah. also surround yourself with the right people and make sure you get the best people in the world to work with you um, and listen it, attently and, and carefully to what they say. 
Yeah, so I suppose it really depends on your background, whether you're a mine engineer, whether you're in processing, whether you're in health and safety, whether you're in geology, it's then looking at the other disciplines that you're not an expert in and at least getting a, a grounding or an understanding of what what those other disciplines, what's involved in those other disciplines and obviously trying to build your knowledge base, knowledge, base knowledge up in those different disciplines just so you have a, a an understanding. And like you said, you don't have to be an expert in all, and no one is probably an expert in all, um, but it's just having a, a, that sound background of all the, all the disciplines so you've got a good grasp moving forward in, into more, obviously, senior roles. Yep, that's it. You're spot on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to sort of talk about more, uh, obviously, about Trevelli Mining now. Um, what attracted you to the CEO position? Uh, for the company um, earlier this year? You know, it's a, it, Trevali is, a, is one of the top zinc producers in the world. Um, I, I quite like, um, you know, the um, the secondary e economic metals, you know, the green metals, and yeah. I, you know, I classify zinc as one of those. Um, and, you know, so it, it was it was a good step into what I believe will be one of the metals of the future. Um, it's also the, the way that Trevali, you know, it, it's got the four operating mines around the world, different jurisdictions, um, but also the way that Trevali has set itself up in working with it, with the communities. Um, so it's not, you know, we, we're not starting from ground zero. We, there's already been a culture of working with communities. Um, there's also a very um, a refreshed board. Um, working, I'm working with a, an amazing chairman, um, Jessica uh, McDonald, um, and she's very passionate about the same things that I'm passionate about. Um, and it's just wonderful to work with a strong team of people. Um, I also found a really great bunch of people um, in, at Trevali that um, I'm excited to to be part of that team. Um, you know, it, it, uh, we, we've also got some really good expansion opportunities um, and some real opportunities to build what I believe is going to be the future of mining, you know, the using technology in a way that is very different, creating a platform um, that is makes mining a bit more of a, a service, so mining as a service um, that I believe is going to be that a lot of mining companies will be run like in the future. And, and Trevali gives me the opportunity to, to put that in action and to demonstrate it um, working. Yeah, uh, obviously uh, mentioning technologies. What specific new technologies are you uh, deploying at Trevelli? Yeah, it, it, it's a really good question because you know, a lot of time, a lot of times people think of technology and, and they jump to you know autonomous trains and autonomous trucks. Um, it is th those are technologies, but you know I don't think that's that's where Trevelli is going to get the biggest bang for its buck. Um, and, and and honestly, I think the, the the industry also will get get its biggest bang for its buck if they do what we're doing, and that's. Yeah getting back to the basics, you know. So, um, you know, every every mine plan is based on certain assumptions. Um, and part of the, the, the beauty of, of new technology is that you can visualize those assumptions in real time so that the, the, the planning and scheduling of work can become a lot more real time. And it means that we can we can just do things in with a lot more precision compared to what we did in the past. You know, yeah. so if, I'll give you an example. If the team is on surface and before they go underground, um, in, in, in the past it, and even in the present today, it's sometimes very hard to know what the working conditions will be like when they get to their, their workplace. You know, so they might get there and the drill is not operational or the ventilation 
is not working or you know the, the the grade is different to what what the plan said or you know the 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 spares and equipment to do the jobs not there the reality is with technology today we can visualize all of that and yeah. before people go underground we can we can verify that everything that they need to execute their work is there safely um and and on time and and we can actually track how they are doing the work um and you can actually give people advice you know so uh, one one of the big benefits I see um, is around maintenance, for example, because um, ma- the maintenance on on the equipment that we have today is becoming a lot more specialized than in the past. You know, so you yeah. the the equipment is is a lot more complex, a lot more um, electronics, and and um, you know the hydraulics are, are quite complicated. And it's it's important to get the best possible people to help do the maintenance. So. Um, in a world where we can now visualize, um, you know, uh, from an operation center, the work that a maintenance person is doing underground, you can now connect them to the best people in the world as and that can talk them through the maintenance steps that they need to take um, to fix a machine, for example. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to focus on the basics. We're going to get, um, we're going to start on, on the planning and scheduling of work, getting that um, a lot more precise, um, getting the waste out of the system. Um, knowing exactly where things are, so that that we can we can just plan and schedule and execute. Yeah, I mean, what future technologies do you think, once applied to the mining industry, will have the the biggest impact? Yeah, but I, I think um, a lot of the technologies that that we need to apply is actually in place. You know, so you, you look at um, logistics. If you look at what um, you know, other companies like FedEx and them are doing, how they track parcels, you know, yeah. that that type of technology is is not yet in place in most mining companies to the workplace. You know, a lot of lot of a lot of people track it to the gate, but not to um, to the front. So you know, that definitely will be there. Um, I, I look at the way that we are now starting to use things like autonomous um, drones, autonomous um, um, uh, scoops, um, yeah. autonomous underground so those are going to be the things that not only um, will transform um, the the productivity side of mining but also the the safety and health side because we are going to be able to engineer out um, those exposures that um, that that could either cause a fatality or could cause someone to um, to get long-term um, health impacts yeah certainly um, a, a midweek base metal prices, um, obviously, optimization is a top priority for all mining companies. Um, what steps has Trevelli taken to optimize its operations? Yeah, you know, um, um, the thing about the mining industry is that it's always going to be cyclical, and yeah. um, the base metal prices currently is not in, in the top end of the cycle. Um, uh, and I think it, 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 when, when you look at a business like ours, the, the key thing is to design a business that can deal with the cyclicality in, in, in the prices. So we recently launched what we call our T90 program. Um, and that is aiming to get all our operations or our, our companies um, all in sustaining cost to below 90 cents a pound. Um, if you think that the current price is around a dollar ten a pound, um, then you know at, at ninety cents, you know, the, the company will be sustainable. It doesn't matter what what price cycle we are in. Yeah. Um, so that that's what we've we've launched. Um, and and part of it is, is is the technology that we just spoke about. Um, you know, getting getting the right um, the right equipment in, getting the right data in, um, optimizing every single element of our business. 
Um, but a lot, and another part is also people. You know, we, we a big portion of what we're doing in our T90 program is is asking our operators and our maintainers and our supervisors um, where we can be better. You know, how, how can we save money? Um, so it's very inclusive, um, and people are getting excited by that. You know, I can I can feel it in the organisation. People getting excited about creating a business that's sustainable. Because you know, if if you work at a mine in a in a place like Bathurst. Um, our caribou mine in Bathurst. Yeah. You you want to be able to create a life there, a sustainable life. You want to be able to put your kids through school. You know, so if you can work for a business that you know will be sustainable under the cyclicality of of the um, the industry, the, the pricing of the industry, then you know you can see a a long a long life mine, and you can see a building a, a family and a future there. So yeah. it's important for people to be part of something like that. Yeah, and obviously not just work within the life cycle. Or a mining life cycle, it should extend beyond that. Um, and if the the life of mine is 10, 20, 30 years, then obviously you need to look that far in advance and make sure that some people may may work at that mine for that period of time. Um, so it needs to be sustainable the whole the whole package, not just obviously the mining, but the infrastructure around infrastructure and facilities around the mines so yeah i understand where you're coming from there absolutely and, and i would also just add to that you know if you if you if you take a 20-year life cycle especially over the next 20 years the way that technology is going is impacting and is going to impact our industry you know the the workforce of the future is the current workforce retrained yeah and it's really important that we spend time um, understanding and thinking through what those jobs will look like in the next five to ten years and, and work with the universities and work with the schools to make sure that we, we get our, our, our next generation workforce set up um, and our current workforce retrained so that they can operate in, in a in totally different environment that is starting to unfold around us. Yeah, certainly. Um, given the, the realities of climate change and the decarbonisation um, movement, what are the risks and opportunities facing the mining industry? Yeah, it's a... It's a challenging question you know it, it i think if you if you look at the impact of climate change on the industry it's there's both short and longer term impacts um you know it i'll start with long-term impacts you know yeah. certain parts of the world will be impacted heavily by for example too much or too too little water um supply so and a lot of mines are you know in in areas where they are in places where the the water supply will be drastically impacted um, and there'll be, you know, a demand on the on the mines to, you know, use water very um, sparingly. And you you see it already in you know, places like um, Chile, where um, mines are building um, um, desalination plants, for example. Yeah. You know, it's it's gonna it, that will definitely impact us because you know it, it's, um, it's it's not cheap to do. Um, but but also in the, in the short term, lots of debates around carbon taxes and you know things like that that um, you know in, impact um, energy cost. And but I think you we, we as an industry just need to take a step back and and see the positive impact that we can have by producing um, our products with the lowest possible footprint. You know we we need to not it's not just energy and, and carbon, but also all the natural resources that we use. You know water, um, land. Um, a good example is, you know, the, the way that we, we deal with tailings. You know, we yeah. 
you know, moving to the latest possible technologies. You know, for example, the, the beauty of underground mining is that you can you can place a lot of things back underground, so you don't use as much of the surface, and you can create closed loops in terms of um, water use. Um, so they, you know, and the, the wonderful thing is that we we have to think differently about our operations, and you know, and and think think about how we impact the natural environment a lot more. Yeah. Um, talking, obviously, I want to talk about um, the commodity you're, you're mainly involved in, zinc. Um, how does the quality of concentrate matter, matter in uh, today's zinc market with zinc prices decreasing and treatment charges rising, which I think is pr- pretty important? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it, we, we're in a quite an interesting um, cycle at the moment where it, it, it clearly looks, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't, with hand on heart, but it clearly looks like there's there's going to be quite a bit of an oversupply in in zinc concentrate. Yeah, um, that that's pushing the the treatment charges to an all time high. You know, three hundred. Um, I see his current spot price is around three hundred dollars a ton. Um, so, um, smelters are being in really incentivized to 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 process the concentrate. But the issue is that if there's an oversupply of concentrate. Um, and, and smelters have got um, the ability to pick um, the best concentrates. Uh, the ones with contaminants in it will find it hard to find a home, you know. So, or will will only be sold at, at a bit of a discount. So, it's important to to look at what you produce and make sure that you can produce it with um, the lowest possible um, contaminants. So, one of the great things for Trevali is that we've got some really really mm-hmm. high quality um, concentrate. Um, and and so we we feel that we'll always have find a, a home um, for for our concentrates. Yeah, certainly. Um, so what's the the future for Trevali over the next five ten years, and how how do, how do you see the growth of the company? Yeah, I th- I'm very excited about what's possible. You know, we um, we've now had three decent quarters of production and and, and cost numbers, and our last quarter we had a really good. Um, Production and cost quarter, and also um, shown that we can actually produce um, close to our um, or under a, a dollar a pound, um, and, and all in sustaining cost. And you know we've we've got some amazing opportunities in Namibia. Our Ross um, Pina 2.0 project, um, you know, where we can increase our volume by 60 to 80 percent. Um, you know, and that's for a in a dollar investment of between 60 and 80 million dollars you know that is just an amazing um, opportunity and and the, the thing what we found with Rospina is um, that's the mine in, in Namibia yeah. the, the the ore body is absolutely a tier one ore body um, you know I think it's been underexplored for a number of years it's been going for nearly 50 years the operation but it was never really explored to the extent that we are exploring it now and you know I know a bit about all bodies around the world, and this is one of the, the tier one um, zinc deposits in the world, uh, zinc and lead deposits in the world. So we are very excited about the opportunity there. Um, in Burkina Faso, we recently drilled into an, um, another VMS system. Um, so, you know, that, that it, it's super high grades in, in Burkina Faso. You're talking about 12 13% of zinc um, in, in the ore there. So it's um, again, a huge potential there to to look at growth. Um, we, even at Caribou, we are looking at ways to extend the mine life at Caribou um, in New Brunswick. Um, so, all in all, I think there's there's some real opportunity for um, for Trevali to grow its current um, zinc base. 
and then you know, in, in organic growth, we will you know always look at opportunities. Um, we'll always look for um, the ability to bolt operations onto our platform. So that's one of the reasons we're creating this um, platform where um, we operate our. So one step back when I when I came to Travali, the thing I found was we were operating our business with like four companies on four ore bodies, and what we're creating with our platform is it's you know running the four operations from the one platform. Yeah. So we use the same standards and the same data and the same people to design mines and to design the maintenance systems. But what that gives is that we can absolutely bolt operations onto that platform. And especially if, you know, currently we, we know a lot about underground mining and, and milling, you know, so anything around, you know, that that, that uses similar techniques, we, we can very quickly bolt that in onto the, the business. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited about what we can create. Yeah. How can um, investors sort of um, stay up to date with uh, Trevelli Mining during its uh, transformation and growth period? So, any investors that are, are listening, how can they um, how can they keep up to date with your progress? We are, as you would know, um, on all the 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 the, the, um, um, the platforms. You know, you can find us um, at Trevelli on on LinkedIn, um, yeah. on Twitter. Um, also on Facebook, we also have a website, um, Trevali.com. Um, and, you know, you can follow me. I'm on LinkedIn as well. So I tend to write every now and again some interesting things um, that, uh, that that causes a lot of lot of debate. So you can follow me. Yeah. Um, but, but it, yeah, we are on all the normal platforms. Yeah. Um, and lastly, um, can you give us a flavor of what you're going to uh, be talking about at the Minds and Money conference that's coming up? next week yeah i think we definitely will be talking about technology we'll be talking about similar to what what we discussed today you know how yeah. uh, how this is going to impact the industry and, and maybe, maybe i'll talk a bit broader um, industry-wide not just focused on zinc and, and trevally but more industry-wide um, the impact of technology on, on mining and and now what the future of mining would look like and maybe just spend a bit of time dreaming about the future yeah certainly um well, I really appreciate your um, time in um, obviously discussing your your own career initially, and obviously then give us an a, a, um, overview of Trevali Mining and and what you guys are actually doing. Um, so, really appreciate your time uh, in uh, taking your time in talking about this. Thanks, Rob, and thanks for your time. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no worries. Um, and if you'd like to obviously hear more about Rikus, and um, he's going to be obviously giving a presentation on a uh, Trevali Mining Corporation at at the uh, upcoming Minds and Money conference, which again is on the 25th to the 27th of November. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, as a bonus, all Dig Deep listeners will receive a 25% uh, discount off the ticket when you register with a discount code DIG25 um, at checkout. So for full details, look at the show notes that accompany this uh, this podcast. So um, yeah, go and book your tickets and... Um, Hopefully, I will see you see you there, and obviously, Rikus as well. So, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and until next time, happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, 
Happy mining.